Hello and welcome to Life After Sunday, a podcast ministry of Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. And we are so excited that you have joined us for another exciting episode. Aaron, how are you doing this fine new year? I'm doing great. Do we want to let everybody in on what just happened? Yeah, so uh, we have our pastor here today. Pastor, welcome. Hello again. Hello again. (laughs) So we'll just go ahead and just let you listeners laugh along with us. We recorded almost half of this episode. It was good, too. It was good. It was. Look down, like we're trucking along. Let's see how long, how much time we've done so far. And I look and it was not recording. Right. Yeah, I was was amening myself. It was pretty good. It was some of, it was some of of pastor's best work. So we'll hope he can, uh, well, it'll um, never be heard. But, well, maybe it was the Lord just kind of taking know, us down a taking notch. Taking us down a notch, <laughs> exactly. Um, it's red, so we're, uh, we're I'm double checking. We're, we're done, good. and the the, the, the uh, clock is rolling there. Um, but you know, Aaron, yeah. you did point out um, to uh, you know look at what's <laughs> well, behind us, so they'll understand that in a minute. Yeah. So when we get to that point here <laughs> in a little bit, that'll make sense. It'll, it'll make, make sense. sense. So <laughs> forget what um, was behind and move forward to what, what is behind. <laughs> yeah. It was great. But we're so excited that you have joined us again. We are going to talk about part two of Pastor's Sermon Series, To Mm -hmm. Live as Christ, that he preached back in 2022. And I highly, highly recommend that you go to our YouTube page, the church's YouTube page, and see all of his sermon series. But there's 10 of them that are on To Live as Christ, which is a sermon series over Philippians. Um, Our last episode, we talked about Philippians chapter 1 and chapter 2. And this week, we're going to break down chapters 3 and chapters 4. So, Pastor, let's start with Paul begins in Philippians 3 by sort of bragging on himself. What is that about, and what is he doing with that? Yeah, well, thank you for uh, welcoming me back again. I'm delighted to be with you, and and, uh, I... Uh, remind myself as as I come to this section about the book of Philippians. Paul, one of the themes in this book is is focusing on joy, and so throughout the book of Philippians, Paul is highlighting this aspect of joy, and so he begins chapter 3. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord, and he's bringing us back to the theme of the book. And then right after that, in the very next verse, Paul says, now beware of dogs, which comes across very abruptly. It's a strange transition. Rejoice in the Lord and watch out for dogs. Mm-hmm. Not literally. Not literally. Well, I, don't know. I didn't say this before, but I was thinking maybe it's a biblical case that we're not supposed to have dogs. Well, I don't know that pet lovers would appreciate that the same way you're hinting <laughs> at that. But no, <laughs> I don't true. think that's what Paul is saying. <laughs> Paul's talking about evil workers and people right. who would who would distort the message of the gospel. Mm. And from there... Paul uses a personal analogy that does sort of sound like he's bragging on himself, and he highlights several things about his life, and you see the transition in verse 4, I myself could boast, I could boast, and then he tells us the things that he could boast about in himself, and he talks about the fact that he was circumcised on the eighth day, he was from the nation of Israel, tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, Pharisee, he was uh, a, a zealot, he persecuted the church, and then he kind of concludes as to righteousness, I was blameless. I, I did everything right. And, mm-hmm. and you read that and you go, wow, that, he really was an impressive mm-hmm. person. But Paul's not saying that to brag about himself. He was saying, I was doing all those things without knowing Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so all of that, Paul says, sounds good, but was lost because so I had this great family heritage, social status, biblical knowledge, religious zeal, moral lifestyle, good things, 
but I didn't know Jesus. And so Paul says, all of those things are empty outside of a relationship with Christ. Right. They're not bad things, but if that's what you're depending on, then they are empty. So Paul is saying it's not the bad things that were keeping him from knowing Jesus. It was good things, mm-hmm. those good things that he was doing that he right. was taking pride in. Right. But Paul is saying without Christ, all of those things are lost. And then Paul sort of transitions the surpassing value, and I love that phrase, the surpassing value of knowing Christ. So the value, Paul says, is in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all those things that Paul considers lost, the the uh, the zeal, and he's born in the tribe of Benjamin. He's a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was just like every other um, Jewish boy was circumcised on the eighth day. Like everything that was according to the law, he did, and he was a part of. And he was in the temple, and he's doing all those things, and yet he considers those things as loss in the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus his Lord. And so why is it? Why does he consider it necessary to consider those things as loss? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's helpful. As, and remember, Paul is writing to a lot of Jews who probably felt the same way that he did about sure. their heritage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were proud of their heritage, and so Paul says, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I had all those things, and I was doing all these religious things, but I was depending on those religious things for my salvation. And so Paul says, necessarily, I consider those lost because I've learned there's something greater, there's yeah. something more valuable. And so Paul says, I count them loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered those things. So Paul says, I've suffered those things. I count them as loss to get to. And then Paul gives us really three primary emphases or points. I count them loss so that, number one, I gain Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's more important to, to gain, not earn Christ. That's what his old lifestyle was right. like. I want to gain Christ. So whatever you gain without Christ won't fill you, but whatever you lose in Christ can't empty you. So I Mm. want to gain Christ as the priority of my life. And then he says, verse 9, I want to be found in Christ. That's that's the identity. I want people to see Jesus in me. So when people look at me, they don't see religious activity, things that I did, but they see Christ. So Mm -hmm. I want to be found in him. And then I want, Paul says, I want to know him, the pursuit of my life. So I'm no longer pursuing blamelessness, perfection, or a pat on the back. I'm pursuing Christ. So I'm giving up everything else in that pursuit. Yeah, because those things are found in Jesus. That's right. Yeah. So more important than everything else that I might do or gain is the value of knowing Christ. In chapter 3, Paul talks about the one thing he does. What is that one thing, and how does it apply to our lives? Yeah, so I began this section talking about multitasking, and uh, we as Americans pride ourselves that we're multitasking experts, and in reality, that's probably not the case. I didn't use this in the sermon, but I know some people who are Aaron, approaching my age, ah, okay, sure. uh, can remember a scene from the movie <laughs> City Slickers about an old guy talking about one thing. You remember that, Aaron, right? Sure. Yeah. Sure. The, the Look it one up. It was thing. a good movie. Just so I don't get movie. hounded on next Sunday, I'm just going to say, yes, I know that movie. There was yes. a, even a sequel. <laughs> there was a sequel. <laughs> <That's right>. City <laughs> not, Slickers 
two. Not as good as the first one. <laughs> but in the first movie, the one thing. All right, so <laughs> some of you will remember that. Paul says there's one thing uh, that that is now the highest priority of right. my life. And so Paul begins this section with an honest assessment. And here, really, all believers can relate to this part. Most of us cannot relate to the testimony that Paul gave in the first part of chapter 3, where he talks about all the great things that he did, and, and Paul acknowledges all these things that he did that that uh, made him stand out, and we see that and we go, wow, that's amazing. I'm not like that. But then you hear Paul saying in verse 12, very moment of, of honesty, Paul says, I, but I'm not there yet. In fact, he says it twice. Yeah. I'm not there yet. I haven't attained it. And he's using some, some athletic imagery. I haven't won the prize. I haven't attained it. I haven't reached the goal. I'm not perfect. And I haven't laid hold of it yet. So I haven't been completed. I'm, I'm not there yet. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm doing things. I'm, I'm doing religious activity. I'm becoming but I'm not there yet. So Christianity is not what I about what I've become. It's about what I've becoming. So I'm not mm. there yet, but I know where I want to be. Okay. And so Paul says, uh, this is the one thing I do. Okay. So here's the answer. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the one thing Paul says that I do is I press on. I relentlessly pursue, not, not to earn salvation, that's, that's being found in Christ, but I relentlessly pursue so that I may take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of me. I want to endure. I want to continue. I want to pursue. And so Paul says, I press on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we mentioned this when we weren't recording, but I want to harp on it again because I think it was good uh, that it seems— it, it seemed to me that from the rest of the context of chapter 3, that in this uh, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead in verse 13, that it seems like he's still, Paul still deals with his past. Mm-hmm. And it seems, comfort, it, it's comforting to me that he looks at himself and he sees who he was before right. and even all the accolades, but also... Uh, the murder and the, you know, I, I say right. murder, but I mean, he was killing Christians because right. that's what the, that's what the priests were telling him to do. And so right. he went and did those things and he thought he was being holy and right. doing what God had called him to do until Jesus shows up and then, you know, say, Hey, this is not, why are you persecuting me? And, right. and we, we know that story, but it still seems like there's a part of Paul every now and again that thinks about that mm-hmm. and then comes to this fruition of why me, mm-hmm. why right. me? I'm not there yet. I know what I'm supposed to be straining forward to, and I know that in the surpassing knowledge of Christ that I, I one day uh, I'll get there. Yeah, I think that's a good point because it's hard for us to relate to the Paul that's described in verses 5 and 6 as this really super mm-hmm. spiritual guy. It, yeah. It's hard to relate to that. Right. It's easy easier to relate to Paul's very honest assessment when he says, look, I'm I'm not there yet. I'm not where I need to be in my personal relationship with Christ, and really all of us can relate to that. I'm not where I should be. And so this this honest assessment leads to this this pursuit, this passion of Paul's life. I'm not living based on my past successes, and I'm really not dwelling on my failures, but I'm straining forward to what lies ahead, and and I press on, Paul says. I press on towards that goal 
the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, yeah. it's very encouraging because no matter where you are in your Christian walk, what you've done, or anything, it's okay. Yeah, we got this. Yeah, I, I know who I was before, and because of Jesus, I'm no longer that individual now. But also, I am not who I am completely intended to be yet. That's right. Yeah. And so, pressing forward in Jesus, one day we'll, we'll yeah, get there. Yeah, the goal, and that's 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 the highlight. That right. goal, by the way, is the Greek words where we get our English word scope. And so, mm-hmm. visualize yeah. like a rifle scope. I, right. It, it's coming. It's a little fuzzy. It's coming into view. That's my goal. Yeah. Right. That's right. So Paul talks about our citizenship as believers. What does he mean by that? Yeah, citizenship is is sort of the key here. And and when I was when I was highlighting this section, I had my passport with me, and and I was talking about traveling, and uh, your passport is sort of your key to travel internationally. You you, you can't travel internationally without it. it. It identifies you as a citizen of this country. And so Paul now is is highlighting our citizenship and it's contrasting um, uh, the, the, the perception. Our citizenship, Paul says, is not here. Our citizenship is in heaven. And so that's our identity. That's our, that's our focus. Our, our citizenship, our desire, our hope is there. So now, if I begin to get that as my perspective— I'm a citizen there. I, I'm residing here, but my citizenship is there. If that's my focus, then that changes how I live. So verse 17, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, I want you to join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern that you have in us. For many walk, as I've told you now, and I, even as I weep, Paul says, they're enemies of the cross. So Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven from which we eagerly Wait for a Savior, Jesus Christ. I, I want you to, re, to to reconcile, Paul says, in your mind that you're you're residing here, but our citizenship is there. That's mm-hmm. our focus. Yeah, yeah. When you when you taught this, what I what I took from it was, yeah, despite what any government on this earth tells me, what I can and cannot do, and who I should be. Right. Uh, my first point of allegiance and obedience is to is to Jesus, my King. Yep. And so then, if that, if what any government on this planet tells me is contrary to that, then I I first bow to Him, and then that's how I live my life moving forward. Um, which is a scary thought for for a lot and for most. But I think it's also right. in Paul's life he was arrested for preaching the gospel and eventually killed for it. So. Yeah, and it, and, and uh, it, it may come to a moment of priority for us as believers in Christ where we say, my citizenship is there, and, right. I, and I recognize yeah. that, that that's my highest priority. So if that's the case, then Paul says it changes how I live here. Yeah, through Christmas, you know, we, we gave to the Lottie Moon offering, right. and uh, a lot of the, where a lot of that money gets dispersed is to people who live in countries where mm-hmm. that is their reality. They are on mission in countries where they could be killed for exposing who they right. are and what they believe in. That's right. And yet they're there to preach the gospel to those mm-hmm. <laughs> right. who would then telling them, hey, you will also be in my same position in this country. That's right. right. That's right. And so, so Paul contrasts verse 19. He's talking about those who live for today. They live for themselves. Their mind is on yeah, earthly right. things. But Paul says, we have a different perspective. 
So our our, mm. our citizenship is there, and so we we eagerly await, we we anticipate uh, a, a coming Savior. That that that's our hope, and and so when he finishes that section in verse twenty one, he will ultimately transform our body. So he's yeah. he's ultimately going to make a difference. There's going to be yeah. a glorious change. There's going to be an end, and so I recognize my focus is 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 there, and so. Paul says, stand fast, stay faithful, yeah. uh, because there's coming uh, a, a change, a transition when Christ returns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul talks about being anxious for nothing. How do we do that? Yeah, in this section, we, uh, we get into uh, what is an extended discussion about peace, and, and, I, and I love how Paul sort of draws the lesson to a climax as he talks about how to now put in practice all the things that we're talking about. So we've just come through the Christmas season, and and in one of the Christmas messages, we talked about Jesus as the Prince of Peace uh, and, and highlighting how Christ brings peace in our lives. And so Paul talks about how to live at peace. He gives an example of two who were not living in peace, and, and, and how do we relate to that? And then he transitions in chapter 4, verse 4, giving us instruction. So rejoice. Rejoice always. He says it twice. Why? Because the Lord's near. Uh, be gentle in spirit. Don't be anxious about anything. And, and the, the language there is, you are anxious, stop it. Okay. How? Okay. Don't be anxious about don't be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So worry about nothing, pray about everything, with thanksgiving, tell God about it. Okay? Yeah. So 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 Paul's saying, stop worrying and tell God about it. And and you know, we we, we live in a in a culture that that that's really based around worry and fear and anxiety, and, and we, we talk to counselors and we take medication for it. But, but Paul says, stop worrying and start praying. So uh, I, I like the statement by Martin Luther who said, pray and let God worry about it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So you, you pray, turn back to the Lord, trust in Him, and, verse 7, the peace of God. Mm-hmm. All right, so so now, how do I how do I get to that point? How do I attain the peace of God? Well, it begins by praying. I, I with thanksgiving let my request be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension. And that's that's a fascinating phrase. In other words, Paul says you're not you're not going to be able to understand peace. You're not going to be able to understand that moment when you when you experience the peace of God. You can't explain it. You just experience you just experience it and thank God for it. Yeah. That peace comes and it guards your heart and mind. So so that peace that that you can't explain, you can't articulate it, but it it's protective mm-hmm. of your heart and your mind. And so Paul says, I want you to think about that. And and he finishes with with really a long litany of things that we ought to be thinking about. And so mm. Paul says, I want you to change what you think about. I, w- I want you to meditate on things that are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent. And Paul says, if it's worthy of praise, then then think about that. So, so, so change how you think and change how you act. And Paul says, you'll begin to experience a peace that, that, that only comes from God. 
Yeah, I, so something I have to remind myself of, even when reading Scripture, is Paul, the, these are letters, so they weren't written in chapter format and verse format. Right. They're just, they're, and so Paul is keeping the same thought process from the end of chapter 3 into chapter mm-hmm. 4. And so he, he ends chapter 3 with with the our citizenship, and that's a hard word for me to say, citizenship in heaven, and what that will then entail in the future, which is, you know, our, our he'll transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to even subject all things to himself. Mm-hmm. So what he'll do for us is in his power for him to be able to do. And then he continues the thought. He doesn't just break. He goes, okay, I'm going to take a break for five minutes. going to go eat Talk lunch, come back and finish another thought. It's no. Now, don't be anxious. Knowing... So now we have, we are in Christ. We know that we forget what was before. We move forward to what is is yep. coming. Yep. And then what is coming is this hope that we have of the mm. future. And then now, in this present time, just we know what the what the future holds. Right. So let's mm-hmm. not be anxious here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how we can how we can live in peace with him and right. that that really becomes the transition point to the end of the letter yeah. as as we get to some of the most famous verses in the book of Philippians Paul talks mm. about contentment yeah. well, how can you be content well you can only be content when you understand the peace of God in right. Christ right yeah. okay so we're pursuing the one thing we're relentlessly pursuing that we're living in peace and then Paul says now on top of all of that you can be content when you recognize that God in Christ is enough. Okay, so so two of the most famous verses, really, I guess, in all of Scripture, but certainly in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, 13, mm-hmm. and Philippians chapter 4, 19, in this section, this concluding section, Paul talking about contentment, I can do all things through him mm-hmm. who strengthens me. It's not, I can do all things. Yeah. But I can do all things through him. And then you get to verse 19, my God will supply all your needs. So Mm. the first part's his testimony. The second part is his encouragement. So I can do all things through Christ. I know that. I can do it through Christ. And then Paul says, now I want you to remember that God will supply all of your needs. But he does it out of his riches in glory in Christ. Yeah. So it's not about being selfish. What can I get for myself? It's not, he's, Paul's not saying God's going to give you everything you want, but my God can supply everything that you need out of his abundance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Pastor, we appreciate you coming on and kind of breaking down this second, second five sermons, if you will, of Philippians 3 and 4. Do you have any final words for us? Well, I, I, I remind myself of what Paul says in Philippians 4. Verse 11, where Paul says, I have learned to be content. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that maybe is, is, it is a just word. <laughs> it doesn't come natural. Right. right. That, that, that's really something that maybe we take with us. Paul says, look, I, I had to learn this. I had to learn how to be content. And so Paul says, I've learned to be content when I didn't have a lot. I've learned to be content when I did. It's not contingent on on, on earthly things. I, I've, I've done that because of what Christ has done in my life. And so I, I guess maybe my challenge for myself and for all of us is, is I want to learn some of the things that Paul's tr- teaching and that he himself learned. Yeah, that's, I was thinking about that even in when you start talking about the co- contentment and in our like Western American culture, especially with with my, and you can probably tested this with your kids, in my generation, 
and then forward. Uh, like we are almost trained to not be. To, we don't yes. even know what that means. It's not natural to be content. It's it's not. Yeah, and so uh, it's comforting to hear Paul even say the same thing. I had to learn this. Mm. This wasn't something I was born with, and then now I'm just telling you, hey, just be content, and <laughs> and that's how it works. Right. It's no. It's we 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 learn how to how to how to be content, and it's and it comes from the power of the knowledge of the future. I think of our hope. That's right. That he he continues that thought even into the end of the letter. Yeah, it, it, it's natural to be selfish, right? Uh, but but Paul says I've learned to be content in in want, and I've learned to be content in plenty because yeah. I recognize the secret. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. Well, once again, we highly, highly encourage you to go to the church's YouTube page. You can see this sermon series as well as all of Pastor. Darren's sermon series, and this one is entitled To Live as Christ. It's a breakdown of the book of Philippians, so make sure that you check it out. Once again, we appreciate you joining us, Pastor. Thank you very much. uh, Aaron, it's been another great episode. Thanks for listening to Life After Sunday, and we'll see you next time. If what you have heard today has been helpful and encouraging to you, then please leave a review with five stars. If you'd also like to request future topics for discussion, then please email us at sfbclifeaftersunday at gmail.com. And now a word from Dr. Darren Biles, pastor of Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast, Life After Sunday, a podcast ministry from Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. We are delighted that you have joined us today. I want to make a special invitation to you to come be our guest this coming Sunday or any Sunday at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. Our address is 3018 North Beltline. We would be delighted for you, for your family to come worship with us. Our Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9 o'clock. Our worship service starts at 1030. We have Sunday school for all ages. We would love to meet you, have you a part of our church family. We'll look forward to seeing you. It is my honor to serve as the pastor, and I'll look forward to seeing you at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. Life After Sunday is a podcast brought to you by Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. I'm Ed Petty along with Aaron Allen. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and join us again next week on Life After Sunday.